This is Inside Jag Nation, the official podcast of the South Alabama Jaguars. Each week, hear from Jaguar student-athletes, coaches, staff, and alumni as they uncover and relive great stories. With this week's guest, here's former All-Sunbelt Conference offensive lineman Chris May and Jaguar radio broadcaster J.T. Crabtree. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You are tuned in to Inside Jag Nation, the official podcast of the South Alabama Athletics Program. I am Chris May, your co-host, joined by my other co-host, JT Crabtree, the intramural all-star himself. JT, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good to be back on here uh, recording some podcasts and uh, looking forward to talk with our guest we got coming up. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'm excited to to have him on. I'll go ahead and introduce him now. He is a Former basketball student, excuse me, a former student athlete, played basketball for the Jags from 2009 to 2012. He's also our second leader, or the second guy in line in regards to uh, leading the stat line in blocks. Joining us now is Javier Carter. Javier, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How y'all doing? Good, man. Glad to have you on. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, First, catch us up to speed. Where are you at? What are you up to right now in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic and quarantine? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of my quarantine phase. I just got back from Japan uh, like three weeks ago. So um, I'm, just, I'm just here now with my family, just uh, enjoying being back. I've been gone for about, about nine, ten months, so it's good to be back. I hear that, man. Well, what what are you up to nowadays? What are you, you still playing ball professionally, or, or yeah, yeah, I uh, I play. This is going to be my this next year coming up is going to be my eighth year professional, I think. Uh, and for the last couple of years, I've been in Asia and Israel. So, um, I mean, it's been it's been a nice little nice run right now. I'm still playing, still healthy. So, thank God, man, still going. Nice. Well, let's dive into a little bit of your backstory, man. What we like to do is kind of start with where you're at now, and then we kind of rewind the clock and get a little bit of the backstory of how you ended up where where you're at today. You know, how did South play into that story and all that? So, when did you start playing basketball? Uh, well, I started picking up a ball when I was a little kid, but uh, I didn't really take it um, take it serious till I got a little older. Uh, high school, when I realized I was I was pretty good, I. Um, messed around a little bit, not really played basketball. I played all other sports in Texas. Football is, is God. So everybody played football and, and uh, baseball, soccer, everything like that. But I started taking basketball serious in high school, like uh, 10th, 11th grade. And then uh, I just blossomed. I got really, really good fast because um, I was really bad when I first started all the way up until high school. Um, I was on all the B teams and didn't make any A teams or anything like that. So um, around my 10th grade year, I started to, to figure myself out basketball-wise. And then 11th grade year, I played AAU for the first time. Um, and that just opened everything up and got a bunch of offers and chose south. So I'm glad I did. Um, but, yeah, I started in, about, I would say, around 10th grade playing, like, seriously. Or 9th, 10th grade playing seriously. Gotcha. And then you, you mentioned you played a lot of other sports. And obviously, like you said, in Texas, football is – basically a whole nother religion over there. What position yeah. did you play football? I was it's crazy. I was a tight end. Okay. Uh, so my my me and my brother are fifteen months apart. He's fifteen months older than me. And uh we I just kind of patterned after him everything he did and he he went to college to play football at the Air Force. So uh I I just wanted to be like him all the way up until he went off to college and went to the Air Force Academy and uh played football, you know, freshman year, sophomore year and then I just stopped because 
Texas Heat was killing me, so I was like, I can play basketball, so I'm good. Mobile Heat isn't too much different from that. Yeah, about the same. It's about yeah. the same. So you had a little bit of a, a Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates. You just trained. Yeah, no, I was actually pretty solid, man. I wasn't bad. Uh, I was a good tight end. Uh, when I when I became like a junior, I went to a school and uh, the coach just he was like, I don't want you to get hurt because I know you're becoming good at basketball, so um, you can just be our red zone receiver. And I was like, Nah, I'm not doing it. But uh, he was like, Listen, we'll just toss it up to you in the corner of the end zone, go get it. I was like, I'll think about it, but chose not to do it. But no, nah, I still it's always a love for football, man. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm Latino as well, so I love baseball. Um, but it just I never really developed in baseball and got good. Uh, but I still like to play. I like to go to batting cages and stuff like that. But yeah, football was number one. Um, I was a track uh, athlete as well. Did like discus and uh, the all the hurdles and all of the relays. So I did that back in the day. And then basketball was my main focus my last uh, year or two in high school, and that that's what it became. Gotcha. So a little bit of a late bloomer. You kind of come out of your shell. It sounded like your 10th and 11th grade year as far as being successful um, in the sport. And then you get recruited by a lot of colleges. What ends up being the determining factor of why you chose South and kind of walk us through that recruiting process? How'd that work for you? So for me, it just came quickly. I, I never really knew much about colleges besides my brother going to Air Force. Um, and he went the year before I decided to go to South Alabama. So um, he was just telling me how the recruiting trips were going to go and uh, how how to fill out the situation so you can be comfortable when you get there. Um, and my, my final uh, five was like uh, Baylor, Tulsa, Tulane, Stephen F. Austin, and South Alabama. And I was really close to, to – to coaches at the time, and that's what made that was gonna make my decision. I was like, the closer I am to the coach that recruited me is where I'm gonna go, because I just felt more comfortable there. Um, and the coach for the assistant coach for South Alabama at the time, a guy named uh, Chuck Taylor, and he had been there for some years, and uh, he was really close with the head coach at the time, Ronnie Arrow. And he just came, he sat down on my couch with my parents, and he was just talking like like family. You know, he wasn't trying to like, hey, come here, we got this for you. That he was just kind of talking to me like family. Um, and then when I realized that he had a close relationship with all of uh, the the coaches in my AAU program and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, he must be a good person. So um, me and Aug, Rubik, talked to each other. He's from Houston. I'm from Dallas. So we talked to each other. And uh, he's like, man, where are you going? Uh, wherever you go, I'm going. And we both were thinking about Stephen F. Austin and other schools around here in Texas. And uh, we decided both to call Coach T and just be like, hey, man, we're coming to South. And he's like, really? So we decided to come to South there. It was a great decision. Nice, man. What what kind of sticks out to you about your time at South? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm from Texas, so it was just a cultural difference. Like, you know, like in Texas, it's football is God, but I didn't realize how big it was in Alabama. Uh, and it's huge. And, of course, the pride of, of football in Alabama versus Texas is always going to be there. Alabama thinks they have the best players and – Texas think they have the best players and stuff like that. So it was just a, a cult. It was a culture, uh, cultural difference for me, but I just, I enjoyed it. It was hot like Texas. It was in the South like Texas. So um, it had a lot of stuff I could feel more comfortable about. Plus it was far enough away from home to where I could kind of grow. Uh, but it wasn't too far to where I felt like I missed home a lot. So um, I feel like the people, uh, the, the, the roommate that I had from freshman year all the way through graduation was Augustine Rubis. So they kind of helped having a sense of home and somebody I knew and, and, and 
relate could relate to. And then uh then basketball became everything for us. So it was it was pretty dope. Man, you you and Aug are both playing. Yeah. He, he's over in Europe. You you where where all have you played? Because you've been everywhere, it seems. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've moved around. I'm Facebook friends with uh, all over the place. Yeah, so I started off in Europe. Uh, I played in Germany. I played in uh I played in Germany, Spain, and France. Um, and then I played in the G League, uh, in the, in the NBA Summer League stuff and all that. And then I, I played there for like a full season. Then after that, I went to China. Um, China after China, I went to. I, that's when I started playing in South America because I got a, a dual citizenship with Panama. My dad's from Panama. My mom's from the states, so. Uh, I got a passport and it made it easier to play in South America and made it to where I could earn a lot in South America. So I played in uh, where I play? Mexico, um, Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, um, Mexico, Chile, Venezuela. I won a championship in Venezuela. Um, then I started playing for the Panama national team and I played in Israel. Um, and then last year in Japan, and this this next year is probably going to be in Japan again. So, all over, man. Yeah, all over. Has has it been difficult to live in so many different places and kind of get used to different cultures and whatnot? Uh, some of those places, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Some of those places, uh, it's been really difficult. But um, I've been blessed enough to play in some of the places that it feels like home. It's not bad. Um, I speak Spanish, so in a lot of the Latin American countries, it was fine. Uh in Spain, it was fine. The 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 life in Spain was really cool and, and just chill. Um, and then Japan, I would say, is probably the best experience I've had uh, and the most professional overseas that I've had um, to date. So it's pretty dope. Okay. You mentioned that you've uh, you're part of the the Panama national team. Yeah. How did that process kind of get started? So uh, my my dad is originally from Panama and. Um, so when I when I went there to play, I had to go finish my paperwork to get my passport and everything like that. And one of my childhood friends, a guy named Tony Bishop, who played at Texas State, um, and he's like in the record books and stuff at Texas State. Of course, before they joined the Sun Belt, and they were still in the Southland, so we kind of have the Sun Belt battle every day we talk. But he doesn't understand that's not, you know, they they weren't competing against us back in the day, but. Uh, he he actually told me he was on the national team. He was like, "Yeah, man, get your paperwork so you can play with us." And I did it, and they sped up the process. And uh, my first tournament, I played against uh, Uruguay and Brazil and Dominican Republic in Uruguay. Um, and I just fell in love with it. I liked it, man. And, and I got to play against like some international superstars, and it was on TV and stuff. So I was like, "It's pretty dope." Um, and then it just developed from there. That was back in 2015, I think. And then from there, it just developed. And, and actually, now I'm the team captain. So it developed pretty fast, man. Really, really that's fast. Cool. That's pretty cool. What, what's it like to, to represent an entire country in a sport? It's dope, man. It's dope. Uh, I get, it's kind of weird playing the USA because I played the USA four times. Uh, last time I played the USA was in uh, Greensboro last, last year. Um, we played USA in the World Qualifying Cup um, to qualify for the Olympics. And they beat us pretty bad, but I had a really, really good game every time we play USA. And one of the cool things about it um, is Jeff Van Gundy is the, is the head coach. And so he he was – we played against USA my first tournament with the Panama national team. And uh, 
Jeff Gundy, we stayed in the same hotels and everything, and he never said anything to me. Everybody's going up to him, taking pictures, and of course, it's Jeff Van Gundy. So uh, this last tournament last year, we played USA um, in Greensboro, and Jeff Van Gundy, um, we're coming out of the, the post-game interview room. I think I had a double-double with like 18 and 12 or something like that. Of course, you play against USA, you want to give your best because it's USA, you know? Right. Um, so we're leaving the, the exit interview thing and uh, I'm walking into the interview with the Panamanian head coach and Jeff Van Gundy comes out. He was like, hey, Javier Carter, let me let me talk to you for a second. I was like, just like, really to me? So he pulls me over to the side and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, man, your development from the first time I saw you like four years ago is amazing, man. If you ever need anything, just call me. And he like gives me his personal number and everything. I was like, what the? I was like, I was like starstruck, and a lot of people wouldn't understand that if you don't know basketball. But Jeff Van Gundy to to us is like, you know, he's a commentator, he's ex coach, he's like, you know, his brother's a coach in the NBA, and I was just like, you know, this is dope. And from that point on, it just kind of skyrocketed my confidence with the national team. And I was just like, yes, yeah, that means I'm actually pretty good still. You know, I, I still got a little bit left in the tank. That's awesome. That's that's yeah, really cool. Dope, man. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about your, your time as a college student athlete. Um, how, how do you feel your time as a student athlete impacted where you are and who you are today? Man, um, it makes me wonder how, how, like, this is more common now than it was back when I came into high school, but it makes me wonder how the kids are going straight from high school to play professional. Cause this is just, it's like a step that, that I needed to take to kind of teach me the game, teach me professionalism. A lot of guys who who know the team that we had at the time and the coach that we had at the time, you had to become a man quickly. Uh, coach Arrow was – he was a he was an old school, like no BS coach. He was like, you know what I mean? He was – we like to say he was a black man trapped in a, in a short old white man's body because he was just like, yo, he, he was – he was hey, – he was – he was pretty reckless, man. And – uh Everybody knew he was a coach who really liked to to bring in junior college kids, and junior college kids get a bad rep a lot of times. But listen, that most of them that I know have been hard nosed. Most of the guys that came to South from junior college have been pretty hard nosed and, and and worked hard. So Coach Arrow really thrived on those kind of players, and you could just tell. Uh, so it kind of it kind of molded me to to get ready for to to play professional man because overseas and professional overall I played in the states of course I played with the Phoenix Suns organization but uh it just prepares you man because you run into some stuff and you're just like damn like as as a person you would think it's like immoral you know what I mean and um but it's a business so you'll be there one day and not be there the next or not get your money they'll say they'll pay you this this and that and you sign for a big contract and only get a portion of the contract and stuff like that it's just a lot of stuff that you got to go through. And if you were kind of pampered all the way through, I don't feel like you have a successful career. And that's one of the reasons I feel like um, I was good in college. Like at South Alabama, I was pretty good. Um, but now I'm a lot better, you know, and it, it took me that time to develop uh, through college and, and just get better and create the different kind of work ethic to, to maintain and stay a pro. And that, that really helped uh, under Coach Arrow, so. What uh what advice would you give a, a current or soon to be collegiate student athlete? Uh listen, man, you gotta you gotta go into college with a with a mindset that um that this isn't high school. This isn't what you just came from. Uh you're kinda like 
I know it's cliche, but you're, you're literally back at the bottom um, and you just kind of got to grind your way back to the top. Uh, when I got to South, we had Charles and, and Philip Tabbitt in my position um, at South Alabama. And I talked to the coach because Charles, I think Charles Tabbitt wore number 32. So I was like, hey, coach, man, listen, I know I'm a freshman, but that's my number. He was like, if you want it, you got to you gotta play for it. And and I talked to Charles and he was like, yeah, we don't got to do that. It's not that serious to me. And they ended up giving me the number. And that was like my first, you know what I mean? First, like, welcome to, to college moment because I thought I was just going to go into South Alabama because, of course, I had big, big offers and I chose not to take those. And I, I was like, I'm going to go in here and, and run everything. And it wasn't like that. I didn't have the greatest freshman year. didn't have a really good sophomore year. But junior year, senior year, I started to get better. So you just got to go into college with the with a clean slate, a clean mindset, and just work hard, man, and and desire it more than everybody else. They, I know college workouts and stuff can be grueling, so uh, it's easy to be like, just do the 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 minimum to get by and workouts and stuff. No, but you gotta you gotta do more. Um, just a little quick backstory: uh, when I came to college with Aug, he was bigger. He was a lot bigger. He was like two sixty something to two seventy maybe, and uh, we we uh, started to practice and stuff, and he realized that he was gonna be ineligible. So uh, he had to sit out our freshman year. And I don't know if you remember, but he had an extra year after I left, even though we came at the same time because he redshirted his first year. Um, and that during that year, man, like it, it created in us a grind because we were roommates. We basically did everything together. He would, we would run at 6 a.m. We would be up at 12 at night going to the track. You know what I mean? Before we got to run with the team, we were running, just running miles and, um, uh, we'd get up at 6 a.m. and run the same thing. And it would be different for us because we would be in better shape than a lot of the other players on our team. And then next year comes and Aug has slimmed down to 235, 225, freshman of the year and stuff. So you could see the work ethic coming off um, just from the difference from the year year to year. And it just, it just I mean, it created in you a, a, a desire um, to want to get better because you could see results. And you could see that it was helping you get a step ahead of everybody else. Who would you say has been the most impactful person in your life? Uh, I would say my parents, man, both of them. Um, it's easy to say mom because all athletes are like, oh, I love my mom. She, you know, well, I would say both of my parents, man. Uh, my mom with her support and then my dad, he's he's a, he's a like my number one fan in basketball. So um, it's just, it's been a, a, a mix of them too, man. It's just been, been pretty dope. They supported me um, throughout my, my whole entire uh, basketball career and stuff like that. So I just – I would say those are my, my biggest role models when it comes to just life, you know, and they were very impactful in, in support. My dad would come to every game and, and scream at the refs on the, on the court if he could, but it's just been hey, – he hadn't had to do that in a long time, so I appreciate it. One of the questions that we like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is just kind of a – you know, pull down the veil, get to know you a little bit better is what would you say is Javier Carter's definition of success? My definition of success. That's a good question. Um, listen, man, if, if you, if you're able to, everybody has to work, but if you're able to do something for a living, be it work or a hobby, anything, and you actually do it for a living to get paid for it. Um, it's a blessing, man. Uh, so for me, the definition of success is, is being able to do something that you enjoy, being able to take care of yourself and your family, um, 
and enjoy what you're doing. It could be sports. It could be journalism. It could be cooking. It could be anything, man. As long as you enjoy what you're doing and, and you're able to take care of yourself and your family um, and, and, you know what I mean, make everybody around you proud and make your parents proud, make your, you know what I mean? Everybody, everybody that I know that has told me that they're proud, just the fact, not that I'm playing still, but just the fact that I'm doing something I love. So um, to me, that's, that's success. Um, doesn't matter how much you make, doesn't matter where you go in life, like traveling and stuff like that, as long as you're enjoying yourself and it's something that you love to do, I feel like you, you've been successful at living your life, man. All right, Javi, we've gone in the archives. We pulled out your old bio from USA Jaguars. Oh, man. Was it was like 2008, maybe. <laughs> We're going to see – Every, every time we go through this, I always like to point out that, at least for us football-wise, all of ours was from our freshman year. So, wow. like, all the football players, if you wanted to change your bio, you had to, like, go to compliance or whoever was doing those and say, hey, I want to make these changes. And most of us didn't because you just kind of forget about it. But anyways, Yeah, you don't, really, you don't really think about it until you leave. But, man, I, I don't know what's going to be on there. So, <laughs> go ahead. All right, let's see how it holds up. Uh, your favorite movie you listed is The Sixth Man and Above the Rim. Uh, I mean, that's, that's still close. I, uh, if it, Yeah, that was just basketball movies, I guess I, I said, because I was going there for basketball. But I like I like Martin Lawrence movies, like like Blue Streak. I like funny movies, man. I, uh, um, like, what's the worst that could happen? And different stuff like that. I like to laugh, man. I mean, I like action movies and stuff like that, sports movies, but I just like to laugh. All right. Uh, favorite book is Pigs in the in the Parlor. Yeah, that's still that's still a good book of mine, but I, I became a, a huge fan of the uh, what is it? The um, the Hunger Games book series and the in uh, the the one in Ender's Game book. There was like a couple series of that book. I, I really enjoyed the little sci-fi stuff. It was pretty dope. So okay. uh, I would say something like that. Favorite teams? You listed every team in the city of Dallas. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Dallas That's Mavericks, good. Cowboys. It'll be like that for life, man. Every team. Dallas Cowboys, Rangers, Stars, everybody. Favorite music? Usher, Young Drew, Chris Brown. Wow. I don't know why I put that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chris Brown, yeah. It's, I, I still listen to Usher and Chris Brown. Uh, Young Drew, I mean, he probably had an album at the time that I really liked. Uh, Children, it's, a, right? it's a Christian artist right now. I like named Jonathan McReynolds. I listen to him a lot, man. Uh, I listen to Drake a lot. Um, I listen to a lot of stuff, man. It's that's definitely changed for sure. Favorite or free time you like to make music, listen to music, and play video games? I would take off, make music, and and do uh, cook. I would say I like to cook. Okay. Video games is always going to be there, man. I'm, I might hop on Call of Duty right after I get off of here. So, yeah. So, this is in your bio, but this is something that I know about you from following you on Instagram, uh, being around you guys. Uh, a, a lot of basketball players are this as well. I know you're a sneakerhead. You love shoes. I love yeah, shoes. man. Uh, dang, we, we're at my parents' house now, but if, if we were at my house in Houston, I would have showed you my – You have some heat. Uh, yeah, man, I have I have a lot of sneakers, man. Uh, and it's, it's it's something that stems from when I was younger. I'm the youngest of of four, um, and I got two older brothers. So uh, I would I would get new shoes occasionally, but a lot of times I would use their old shoes, like in a lot of families, man, because they're just like, why well, buy some three pair of new shoes when I can give you the other kids' pair of shoes? So 
um, I always looked at my older brother's shoes, like when he would get new shoes and stuff. And I was like, oh, I can't wait. So when I got older, my mom and my wife would tell you now, man, I just, I buy shoes like, <laughs> like crazy. I just, I, I set like alarms for them when they come out online and everything, man. It's crazy. I, I got to get rid of it, but yeah, StockX. Apps on my phone right now. Kicks on fire, sneakers, sneakers, yeah. uh, Nike app, everything, man. Nike I just talk, remember Nike talk back in the day. Soul fly, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Soul, well, I say all that to say there were some other guys on that team that had some heat as well. G S being one of them. I know yeah, all has a few shoes. Who had the best collection on those teams? I was saying college G. His his closet, G Reedus, his closet at the Grove looked like my closet now. And that was ten years ago, so yeah, he definitely he he won the sneakerhead in college. But I think I got him now, man. For sure, I got him now. But <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, he's an assistant coach for women's yeah. basketball at Vanderbilt. So you know, they're in Nike school. He might have some some stuff I don't know about. So I gotta I gotta call him and see what he got. He was our GA, one street GA, or an intern. He, he was weight room with the football team all the time, and he was okay. the guy. Like kept me and a couple of my other O line buddies. Like he was the one that kept us accountable for doing our reps and all that stuff. Yeah. They, they kind of student or something man. like that. He came in every day with a, a fresh pair. He had a pair of seven Bordeaux. I remember. Yeah, the, man. The first yeah. one we walked in with. I was like, what are those? Nah, I, I, I would say my my sneaker. Uh, I guess collection started at South. Man, started with. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember a guy named DeAndre Hersey. He yeah. played with me about three of my four years. Uh, and he literally, he started my, uh, my, my, I guess, sneaker addiction because every sneaker that would come out, he knew somebody at Champs and he would always go there and they would save him a pair of shoes. And he, and so I go with him and they're like, I'm like, okay, save two pair. And since we didn't wear the same size, they did that. And I just started it that way, man. I have, I have a lot of shoes from South um, that I probably should have paid thousands of dollars for that I, I didn't because I would go to champs and get them right away. And now if I try to sell them, they'd probably be a lot of money. Man. I got a lot of, a lot of stuff. And now that I've been playing professional, I've just been collecting like crazy. I got all kinds of stuff. Mine's the black cement threes. My favorite shoe, those black cement threes are nice. Uh, so, oh, that's tough. My favorite Jordan of all time, I will say is that the, the Jordan to wear around Jordan ones. Yeah. Um, to play in, I really like the uh, the Jordan 11s, the low Jordan 11s. I really like those to play in. Um, but, man, that's that's a hard question. Just regular – I'm a Nike guy, Nike, Jordan. I, I haven't really worn Adidas in a long time. But, hey, South Alabama, when you see this, I need some of my Adidas uh, basketball <laughs> gear. I need the package sent home. I'll give you the address. Um, but – just regular Nike, I would say maybe some Air Maxes, um, maybe 97s. Yeah, 85s or 97s. I really like – oh, 95, sorry. Uh, 97 or 95. I really like Air Maxes. But, yeah, man, it's I got a lot of shoes. Too many. <laughs> well, last question that we have for you, man, is what would you say is your all-time favorite memory of your time in South Alabama? Oh, great question, man. Uh It's hard because I was there all four years and, and on the basketball team, we had a lot of movement, man. We had guys in and out who who, who played two years or who played four. Um, but in my time, 
the only two I can think of that stayed the whole four were me and Aug. If I'm if I'm if I'm correct, I don't know. You guys may know better than me. I think that's right. From 2009 to 2013, yeah, I think it was just me and Aug the whole time. Other guys graduated or transferred, or whatever. But um, I see. I would say that that's my best memory. Just being a, being a roommates with with Aug, it was pretty dope because we had like millions of memories, man. Trying different campus parties when we were younger just to see what they're like, and then standing in the corner because we're taller than everybody, just leaving <laughs> uh, to to going to football games, uh, seeing the football team go from uh, their first year to, to playing big big schools, you know, it was pretty dope. Um, because at first it was kind of a, it was kind of a beef, an in, internal beef uh, with the football team, Chris, just because we knew you guys were going undefeated and the confidence was through the roof. And we're like, listen, man, we're over here playing damn Florida <laughs> and, and, and beating Florida and we're not getting as much love as y'all, but, um, no, nah, you guys earned it, man, and, and you became the team that you were supposed to be. So um, it was just dope seeing the progression of the football team going to the original CAF. I know they got different stuff at South now. I haven't really been back in the last year or two, but they got different restaurants and stuff. I remember back when it was one CAF over by the student center, and they had the, the nacho spot and the, 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 the burrito spot. spot. Listen, yeah. those, were good, those were the good South days. Like, those were the really good South days. So – uh, just going in there, and it was kind of like a community feel because everybody would be in there eating, man, and you got to get your table. If not, you sit outside or something. But um, that's back when we really utilized the student center. It was pretty dope because uh, everybody was there. You'd always see your friends there. It was kind of like a like an extended high school because everybody would be there or walk through there. Um, so in the summer because, was, like, a lot of the sports were still there in the summer. Yeah, so man, yeah. And weather. It's like us. And they still serve the food. So baseball, if any basketball, yeah. like everybody ate together. It was a lot of fun. That was a, that was a pretty dope memory from from early South South days, and then they created all the other stuff and brought the younger kids in and uh, stuff like that. But no, I was I would say I would say my earlier years were probably the most memorable, just because it was something different to me, and it was it was a uh, it was fun. It was like you know what I mean. I left home and was in Alabama and got to experience life a little bit outside of your home. So I would say that, man, it's a bunch of memories. It's too many to put just into one, but it was a bunch of memories, man. JT on, on the, uh, on the announcer screaming and stuff like that. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> dope, man. It's pretty dope. I, I enjoy your videos too, JT, man. Now watching, watching South hit game winners and stuff. You're going crazy on the sidelines. I, I enjoy those videos. I appreciate it, man. I'm having dope. some fun. I'm still, no, I'm still sure, Afro man. man inside a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good. Those are good old days. The, the the kids now wouldn't understand. Those are the good wow. old days. <laughs> yeah, man, good days. Right. Javier Carter, former men's basketball student athlete with the Jags. Appreciate you coming on, man. This has been fun. Good to good to talk to you and catch for up. Sure, man. Good to see you guys. I appreciate you guys for inviting me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, man. Appreciate you for hopping sure. on. For sure. That'll do it for this episode of Inside Jag Nation. Join us every week for a new episode on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and on iHeartRadio. For Javi and for Chris, I'm JT. Talk to you guys next time. Inside Jag Nation is a production of South Alabama Athletics. Weekly episodes can be found for free on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio by simply searching South Alabama Jaguars. You can also go to usajaguars.com and select the Multimedia tab. Thanks for listening, and go Jags! Wow!